Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hello, everyone. Are you able to hear us? Kyle, are we online now? Kind of. I, <laughs> I see a yes. Okay. Sorry, as you can see, if you might be able to tell from the thumbnails of the previous videos, we're not in the mountain bunker right now. We're in the, the mountain annex. Yes. Um, well, welcome to Unsheathed live stream number three. Number three. Yep. Um, this is Kyle Gold with the uh, pointy black ears. And this is Cam Harasaki with the stubby brown ears. <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for coming on. Um, we are going to, uh, so the badges are actually, uh, little bits of swag that we brought back from Comic-Con. Uh, you may not be able to see the detail at the resolution that you guys have, but they are, uh, not technically Fox and Otter. They are, uh, Diego and Bayshore from Dog's Days. I at least have the right species. <laughs> yes. I have the right family. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're here to talk a little bit about stuff we've been doing, stuff that we're going to be doing, and then, uh, we'll answer a few questions as we, as we do. Sure. I think that's cool. Um, so we will both be at Rocky Mountain <laughs> Furcon in... I'm just reading Atari's comment, but where the line break is, says, okay, dingoes are tied with foxes, and then on my screen that goes, for the best canid species... <laughs> I just saw the first half of that at first. Ah, uh, but yes, in a week oh, and a half, break. in a week and a half, we'll both be at Rocky Mountain Furcon in Denver, Colorado. Um, so, so yeah, if you guys are out in that area, um, come on up and see our live podcast. We'll be doing a live podcast of some sort. Salmon vodka, not guaranteed. Yeah, that all depends. That all depends on if people foist it upon me again. And um, I'll be doing a few panels. I don't remember exactly what they are, but they're going to be interesting because my panels are always interesting. Your panels uh, so are always interesting. Come look for them in the programming, and we will have a great time. Depending Bring on what the panels are, and questions if lets me, I might crash the panels. <laughs> mm. Rocky Mountain's always chill, so we'll see. We can certainly get you on one or two. I don't remember if we're doing the adult fiction this year or not because last year you did it with rukas right with whom you that was because we were both yes. yeah because we were both guests of honor and she requested that panel is um, rukas doing a panel with you this year i don't i don't know if is she even going to be there uh i don't know if, if rukas is actually going to be there i have an email out to her to find out for what am I drinking has been asked. I am drinking a Sam Adams Noble Pills. I'm going to occlude the fox and otter here for a second. And then after that, I will be at Camp Farrell later in the month, but you will not. I will not, sadly. We're going to miss it. Uh, yeah. while, while you are at Camp Farrell, we will be at World Town in Chicago. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm actually doing a couple panels there, too, which is interesting. Um, I didn't realize you were doing Worldcon panels. Yeah. It's, huh. <laughs> so, How did that happen? So, um, I had 
I'm part of this science fiction, queer science fiction writers group called the Outer Alliance. Right. And the organizer of that group is putting up a, you know, Outer Alliance panel at Worldcon. And she said, you know, write into the programming people and say, you know, volunteer to do a panel and say that you asked me to be on a panel, this one specifically. Um, so I wrote and signed up. And then one of the programming people from Worldcon, it turns out, is also a a programming person for Rainforest. Oh, wow, okay. And so she wrote me and was like, oh my god, I didn't realize you were going to be there. Do you want to do some other panels? So I'm <laughs> Hello, doing, gay furry. So I'm Welcome doing some, to Worldcon. Yeah, so I'm doing some panels on furries at Worldcon, and I volunteered to do a couple others. We'll see what, um, what comes up. I don't want to be um, that person you've never heard of on, like, 16 different panels. Because we all know how that story ends. Speaking um, of which, we'll also be and then uh, and then yes, <laughs> after uh, after our going our separate ways at Feral and Worldcon, we will be reunited at Rainforest at the end of September. Yep, um, it's very late this year. Yeah, it is actually. It's last weekend of September instead of yeah. the third to last. Runs into October. Um, and immediately the weekend after Rainforest, I'll be the guest of honor at Galaxicon in Minneapolis. And then two weeks after that, I will be a guest of honor at Oklacon 10 in Oklahoma. Stop being guest of honor. I've, I know. <laughs> um, I was actually a little surprised because when Oklacon asked me, I said, um, you know that I'm guest of honor at another convention like two weeks before that. Because a lot of cons don't like to do right. guests of honor that are guests of honor somewhere else, and they were like, "Oh no, no, we know. That's cool. Oaklacon is a is an outdoor camping con, a lot like Feral, except it takes place in America. Um, it's in an American state park. So, um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be an experience. Um, we might a, a bunch of the Dallas furs go up to it, so we're gonna see some of that. Yeah. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. I hear really good things about it. And then I'm the lovely assistant. You're like my, uh, you're my Rose or my Martha, or I can make some more Doctor Who references that you won't get. <laughs> you could just be saying names right now. I'm, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> the lovely assistant, like on the Price is Right. Yes. <laughs> Janice? Janice, yep. She, the she one Bob who was Barker sleeping with Bob Barker for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I oh, made a... Oh, gray muzzle moment. I know. I made a... a well, not as gray muzzle if, as if you can remember Bob Barker before he had white hair. Oh, I can remember when he had gray hair. Yes, I can too. I don't. I can go all the way to back to black, but... Um, uh, and I also posted something today about all the stuff I'm working on, which is keeping me super busy. I saw that. Um, to recap briefly, the third out of position book is in between getting feedback and implementing feedback. The cupcake being released at Rain First in September, which, oh my god, you guys have to come to the release party because apparently there's going to be a giant cupcake made by an authentically pastry chef. Um, Pinkie Pie? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wow, I'm, just, I know, I'm, I'm whipping out all horrible references today. I know barely enough to get that one. And that was only because a bunch of people asked us to go get pony stuff at Comic-Con. Oh, okay. So, 
I'm all I'm all disoriented. Anyway, there'll be a giant cupcake. There'll be like sandwiches, and he's making all kinds of amazing stuff. So wait, isn't a giant cupcake just a cake at that point? Well, that's what I thought too, but I guess it depends on how big a cup you can find. That's a good point. If you have like a giant ass muffin pan or something, right? Giant ass muffin pan would be a great name for a band. I was just thinking that. <laughs> Profist. <laughs> um. So anyway, I'm working on that. I'm working on that cupcake to get that done. The story that is not the cake. I'm not doing the baking. Um, I'm working on that to get that done. I'm working on. Um, oh yeah, the next Green Fairy book. Oh yeah, um, which I'm really looking forward to reading. I'm looking forward to finishing it. It's getting to a, a cool point right now, and I'm also working on. Uh, oh, I was working on the Green Fairy ebook, which will be up. Day after tomorrow-ish, depending on when the stores put it on sale. But it's been uploaded to iTunes. Um, we'll see if they accept it. I like I'll your description of Google upload policy. Yeah. Well, I honestly have no idea. I uploaded a book to them, and like a month later, they still showed they didn't have it. Um, at least it's better than some ebook providers I've dealt with, who I'm not going to name here because they're supposedly actually going to pay me the money they owe me. I know what it's like to not get paid money you're owed. Mm. We can share our woes. Yes. But not beers. The beer is just mine. It's only yours. Yeah. Other me is working on a cupcake as well that should hopefully be out at the end of this year. Probably going to debut at MFF. Cool. But if not then, at least FC, because I'm sure I'll be there too. Right. It would be a crime not to. It's not that far from the bunker. I'm probably going to be working on a Story for publication later tonight. Woohoo. It'll be dirty and have Arctic foxes who may or may not get dirty. Then they're not white anymore. <laughs> I'm actually trying to figure out what time of the year the story takes place and start trying to figure out if he's white face or blue face. He might be a blue face. Yeah. Which, I mean, isn't as cute because if they're not as fluffy, like that's sort of half the appeal of an Arctic fox right there. Right. I was going to say, uh, given what you told me about the story, it sounds like it might be better to be in the winter, and so he's all extra fluffy. And... Yeah. Plus, I mean... I'm... And now we're, yes, pausing yeah, to read the chat. Pausing to read comments. That's, that's the one downside about yes. this as opposed to just getting letters. Although, it, at least you don't need to wait four months for us to respond to your emails. Exactly. You just need to wait, you know, three seconds of us pausing awkwardly. Like we're college radio jockeys who've never been on the air before. So, um, what else? What else are you up to? I think we've told our travel schedules and our yeah. works, and I'm trying to think what else has been going on. Um, I have a few other small things sort of kicking around right now, but nothing super major. Yeah, same here. Nothing like the three books you're updating people about, but yeah, I've got like one and a half, which That's is not cool. Bad. Um, all right, so let's, uh, let's open it up to the floor. Thank you for making a meta awkward moment there. Yes. The, um, we've got about uh, 18 minutes left. Yeah. 17. That one went fast. Um, what do you guys, what do you guys want to know? No, Summerhill does not have a release date. I promise when it has a release date, everyone will know. I will shout it from the hills when it has a release date. There is no reason I would keep that secret if I knew. KM's a might touchy about that. Yeah, like seriously, <laughs> if you haven't been following my life for the last three years, you would know that I'm done being coy about Summerhill, I promise. 
Yeah, in general, when um, I mean, I have a page up now with release dates and ebook release dates for my books. Um, but in general, when we know um, when a book is going to come out, like for sure, like right now, I've I, I, I'm hoping that the that the third out of position book will be out at Further Confusion January 2013. But I don't have a final draft of it. I don't have art for it. Uh, it's not gone to the printer yet. So, you know, if October rolls around and it's not ready to go to the printer, then it's not going to come out for further confusion. And, you know, I don't want to, I'll tell you guys that I'm working on it, and I'm, but I'm not going to promise a release date until it goes to the printer. So, My new policy is always never to tell anyone what I'm working on again. Um, why have we not been doing recorded podcasts? Uh, we're still... Uh, the same reason that we have not been doing recorded podcasts for the last however many months, um, which is that they, the technical, we're still working out the technical process by which we can um, record record something, have it processed, have it updated. It's really kind of the post-processing that's taking the time right now. But um, it's been further complicated by the fact that uh, I was gone for like two and a half weeks earlier in the summer and we were, I was traveling for most of March and a good chunk of April. And so with the travel schedule, it's kind of hard to sit down and, you know, make definite schedule plans to do stuff. Um, we have some ideas in mind, but again, like we don't want to promise to novel release dates. We don't want to promise solutions that we're not sure we can deliver on yet. Yeah. So, it's um, at this point we're excited to even just be doing this because at least we're getting something out there. And so, as people spread the word that you can actually listen to these episodes after the fact by just coming to this live stream channel here, we have a little latest yeah. videos section where you can just go back. I've listened to them; they sound great. Yes, you should you should do that. We should tell people about that. Um, we're also going to continue to do live shows at the conventions because we have a great time with them. And it's a great excuse for me to drink alcohol in public. Yeah, and and, um, and so we're going to keep doing those. Uh, like I said, like we said, we'll do one at Rocky Mountain. We're probably ninety nine percent sure we're going to do one at Rainforest because it's on the schedule. I think. Um, it's, I'm just less sure about that one because we're flying up, but um, right. But we should be able to do it. And after. After that, probably further confusion will be the next one. Right. So, yes, we know we know people like to hear them. Um, we like to do them right now. This is sort of our best intermediate solution. So we scratch our itch and hopefully scratch yours. Yes. So Tari has an interesting question. What kinds of mistakes do you see often in a writer's first novel, and what advice can you give somebody who is writing a novel with no long-form experience? Oh, you want to tag team back and forth on common mistakes we see? Sure. All right. I can first start. or me first? Uh, I can start. So, All right. I've got a couple, so if you take one of mine, I have one to go with. Okay. Um, I think the big thing that I usually see is the amount of backstory and foreloading that come in at the beginning of the story. The author typically has this big detailed world and setting put in and they really feel the need to just throw that right up front like, hey guys, check out this world that I've put together. And 
nine times out of ten, that's not the way that you want to go with it. Because you, you really want to get into the action right away and let the details happen, you know, have the details of the world come into the story as they're necessary. That's why it's called world building and not world slideshowing. World info dumping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's a great one. Um, I'm, uh, I see that one a lot where people sort of, and I call that the uh, dungeon building syndrome, where people have built this world and they want you to know about every aspect of it right away. And one of the, one of the things that you learn about writing is there's this temptation to kind of tell the reader everything up front, like yeah. to let them know all the stuff that's going on because you like knowing what's going on when you're reading a book. But giving the reader little mysteries to solve keeps them engaged in the book. Yeah. If you say, um, for some reason, you know, the person on this planet is flying to their destination and it's sort of an individual flight. Well, if you don't specify, you know, they've developed this kind of thing or, you know, if you, if you go into this whole thing about the so-and-so company had developed individual jetpacks in this time and blah, 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 you know, nobody cares. Right. So build up the little details of the world, tell the people what's necessary to know, and leave a little bit of mystery. Leave a couple things where people are kind of like, so how exactly does that work? Um, one of the other ones that I see is a sort of inability, or not inability, but maybe just not taking the time to step back and look at the story from a high level, where you'll see people who write these beginnings where clearly they have a you know great beginning in mind. This would be a great setup for a story. And then they kind of get bogged down in the middle and the story slows down. And then they just wrap it up as sort of a, the best way they can without really making it a satisfying ending. And then they had sex and fell in love the end. And right. So um, a lot of times I think the reason for that is that people fall in love with these beginnings that they come up with and they say, this is an awesome setup, but I don't know how to end it properly. And one of the things that I learned from screenwriting is if you have a problem in your third act, then the problem is in your first act. Now, if you can't figure out, which means if you can't figure out a way to end your story properly, then that means you didn't set it up properly. Right. Um, so you have to go back and you may have to go back and change your awesome beginning and make it something that fits a little more what the story's turned into. And be prepared to have to change, especially your beginnings are probably gonna change the most. You're gonna be changing the beginning more than you're gonna be changing the middle most frequently when you're going back to change things. Uh, Golden Compass, uh, sort of going back, uh, Golden Compass is actually a terrific example. If you go read the first two or three pages of the Golden Compass of plunging you into a world that does not over-explain what it's doing, yeah. getting you engaged with the character right away. Um, it was used as an example in a class that we took um, on conflict and setting and plot. Yeah, and a thing to keep in mind is to remember that if the details of a world are something that the characters are not going to find remarkable, have them treat it as unremarkable, and that will let the reader know that this isn't something that they feel the need to remark on. And that right there, that says a lot in and of itself. Right. 
How do you critique um, an author's first novel that they've really invested themselves in, but just doesn't seem that good? Well, um, I generally don't unless I'm specifically asked to, and even then it's usually just friends of mine. Right. Um, more often, I mean, my policy is kind of, if I offer to critique or if I feel the person's open to it, if then I'll offer, but um, I just, I, I have barely enough time to read for pleasure. So there's a lot of first novels out there that I haven't read. Um, if they come highly recommended, then I'll read them. So in general, I don't usually read first novels that aren't that good because they just don't come across my desk. Um, but, you know, if you if you are in the position of having to critique a first novel that an author is really invested in, um, gauge how open they are to feedback. I mean, if they really want to improve and they really want to be a better author, then you know, start like you would with any critique. Tell them what the good points are. Say, you know, I really loved the way you described the characters. And then go on and say where you think it could you could improve in the next one. Say, okay, you know, for your next book, maybe you don't want to spend six pages detailing how the characters' clothes are made. Because I kind of had, I kind of skimmed that part. Yeah. I mean, you're, the, it's really inherent in the question itself when you say, it doesn't seem that good. The important thing is to be able to tell them why it's not good yeah. and what they can do to fix it and to make it better. You know, and it's also important to let them know what they did do well so that, you know, A, it's a little bit of a self-esteem bump to know that they're at least good at something, and B, they at least know what not to fidget and fixate on when there's other areas that are lacking more. Right. And as a follow-up, uh, Mythic Fox just asked, you know, when you offer critique, do you usually make sure to start with the good stuff? Yes. That's how we always do it with our sort of critiquing groups, is we start with the positives. And, you know, you don't need to lay that on egregiously thick. Just be, be honest about it. Be as honest right. with the good stuff as you are with the bad stuff. Yeah. And it can... I, I've very, very rarely had stories where it was a challenge to come up with something good to say about them. Um, certainly not in my current writing group, but it's a good exercise because there's almost always something good to say about a story. And if if you can find that, then that helps you look at your own writing in both a, a more critical and more appreciative way. Um, so five minutes left. We have time for one more question. Or two if one of them is really short. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what else do you guys want to talk about? Otherwise, we'll just talk about novels in our... I mean, I know you had um, you had some experiences with your first novel. Well, I don't there's know how my, much you want to talk about that. Are we talking about my first published novel or my first attempted to write novel? Uh, either one. Okay. Let me see. If, if anyone doesn't ask a question real quick, I'll go into that. But... Uh... Yeah, it's easier to get a shirt over a fox's head than it would be for a deer. The big fuzzy ears fold down. Yeah, see? But yeah, so my my first uh, novel that I wrote and actually did anything with, um, yeah, um, I sort of took it to several groups of people. Uh, at one point, I remember even 
being in the room that uh, we are in now, actually having a whiteboard out and sort of having sort of pros and cons and you know things to keep in mind as I sort of like went back and forth on it uh, after people had read the draft, um, which was which was interesting um, because. I had never, well, for one, I had never written a full novel before and shown it to anyone. And to sort of have other people help you figure out what it was actually about is something you don't really think of if you haven't written a novel before and haven't really, you know, gotten into it. Because, and I know we say this in the podcast time and time again, but especially with longer stories, you kind of figure out what they're about after you write them or while you're writing them. Yeah. This uh, the the one that I'm working on in the middle of now is about a couple things that I didn't know it was going to be about when I started it. So that's kind of cool. My first attempts at novels all kind of fell apart because I didn't have the energy or confidence to finish them. I kind of always had the long that in mind. Yeah. Um, when I finally wrote Vol, uh, it took shape over a period of, I want to say, like, nine months. Okay. And it was, I, it was a challenge keeping the whole long story in my head, but I found that I like doing it. Um, I enjoy writing short stories, but I really love writing novels. Um, so yeah. it was kind of cool to, to figure that they're out. They're so different to me. It's like it's almost not even the same discipline. Yeah. All right, uh, one quick question is being asked. Is it okay for someone's first novel to be on the shorter side as opposed to a massive undertaking? I, I don't even think that's specific to just first novels. I don't think any yeah. novel needs to be a massive undertaking. I think that my best advice is, you know, because people ask all the time, oh, how long should my story? That's the important thing. Yep, I agree. Uh, is my short story series doing for me what I wanted them to? It's certainly letting me play around with style and other little tricks and it's getting me to sit down and write although I am technically a few days behind schedule on it because of just because life happens sometimes and right you know there's only so much I can do about that feedback on stories a lot of the stories that I didn't personally think come came out very well uh, have been pretty well received too um, yeah I, I, the one the ones that I've read I've enjoyed but yeah. I've read all but one probably the most recent one no I read the most recent one okay Anyway. That was the other one I don't think I liked a lot. <laughs> Good. But yes, yeah, so you can find those, people who are listening to this not in real time, uh, on any of my places I post stories, which is mostly for Affinity and So Furry. We're coming up on our half hour, so um, thank you guys for the questions. I liked the, the fact and uh, we'll... You're a great audience. Yes. Thank you for joining us. We will hope to do this again. Well, the next time we'll be doing a podcast will be in just under two weeks at Rocky Mountain. Yeah. And then hopefully in a couple weeks after that, we'll do another one of these live streams before we head off to our various separate corners of the world for other conventions. But we'll be together in our apartness. Yes. So take care, guys. And... Happy writing. Happy writing. Keep writing. Keep writing, yes.